Ichabod Crane was tall and lanky, more scarecrow than man. He was educated and became the schoolteacher in Sleepy Hollow. As was customary at the time, Ichabod was boarded at his students' homes due to his meager salary, moving to a new home every week. It was in these homes that Ichabod would eat home-cooked meals by a warm fire, while the housewives would captivate him with stories of the supernatural and witchcraft. A staunch believer of Cotton Mather's book, History of New England Witchcraft, Ichabod consumed the stories, never losing interest in hearing them and taking many of them as fact. Due to his monetary needs, Ichabod also became captivated with Katrina Van Tassel. She was a local heiress to a large fortune and was beautiful and youthful. Katrina took notice of Ichabod's interest, as did local rabble-rouser Brom Bones, who was also interested in Katrina. The men began competing for Katrina's heart and her pocketbook, and Ichabod was thrilled when he was invited to a harvest party at the Van Tassel farm. As the party died down and people began to go home, Ichabod managed to steal a moment alone with Katrina. It is insinuated that he proposed to her and she rejected him. Ichabod was seen leaving the party, appearing dejected and disheartened. While riding home, Ichabod noticed that there was another traveler on the road with him, one who was seemingly matching any pace set by Ichabod and his horse, Gunpowder. At one point, though, the rider passed Ichabod and Gunpowder, only to stop in the middle of the road up ahead. Upon closer inspection in the moonlight, Ichabod became painfully aware that the traveler had no head. Local folklore told of a Hessian soldier who had lost his head during the Revolutionary War and now haunted the area, and Ichabod knew that this was who was pursuing him. Ichabod rode his horse hard, attempting to reach the bridge that was said to be some kind of barrier that the horseman could not cross. But just as he reached the bridge, the headless horseman hurled his head toward Ichabod, knocking him off of his horse. The next day, when the townspeople realized that Ichabod was missing, they set out to find him. But all they found was a busted pumpkin and Ichabod's hat, and Ichabod was never seen again. Although Brom Bones, who did go on to marry Katrina, would let out a hearty laugh and flash a knowing smile any time the story of Ichabod's disappearance came up. The story of the Headless Horseman and Ichabod Crane is a tale that many of us have heard. It has invaded our pop culture via multiple movies and TV shows, 
most versions available to watch throughout the month of October every year. The Headless Horseman is a popular Halloween costume, especially with the adult crowd. And who can forget the classic Snickers commercial of the Horseless Headsman? If you have forgotten, it's on YouTube, and I strongly encourage you to watch it. Point being, the story is a piece of Americana, a classic to tell around campfires and scare your friends. With it being such an ingrained part of American culture, if you are American, it may surprise you to learn that while the story itself is technically original, the idea of a headless horseman is not. The headless horseman folklore has existed since the Middle Ages and has very European roots, with tales hailing from Ireland, Germany, Scandinavia, Scotland, and England. There's even a version from India. The Green Knight from the poem Sir Gawain and the Green Knight is a version of a headless horseman, although he doesn't start the story off that way. So what is the origin of the headless horseman mythos? To put it simply, nobody really knows what the actual original foundation for the character is, because each version of the character seems to have various ways that they became headless and there are multiple different ways to interpret what the character and his actions represent. The Scottish Headless Horseman starts in the 16th century, but really, it's a tale as old as time. A dispute over land. In a valley called Glenmore, Ian was the chief of the Maclean clan. A dispute began after Ian's son, Ewan, requested some land and... Ian refused to give it to him. Ewan and Ian decided that the only way to solve the dispute was to have a duel, and so a duel was planned for the next day. Later that day, Ewan was in the woods when he came across a fairy who was washing clean clothes that were leaving blood in the water. The fairy made a prediction. If Ewan's servant forgot to serve him butter with his breakfast in the morning, then Ewan would lose the duel. But if his servant remembered the butter, then Ewan would be victorious. Ewan, not heeding the warning of the fairy, or perhaps thinking that backing out would be worse than death, went to the duel against his father. Ian reigned triumphant, cutting Ewan's head off in the duel. Ewan's horse was spooked by the death of its rider and bolted, running away with poor Ewan's body still strapped into the saddle. A second version of this story is similar, but features Ewan, his father Hector, and his brother Lachlan. Hector is pressured to make Ewan the leader of the clan and lands, but feels that Ewan is dim-witted and not fit to lead. Ewan is angered by this, hitting his father and storming off. When Lachlan hears of the disrespect shown his father by Ewan, he is angered, and the next day he kills Ewan in a fight, again with Ewan's horse riding away with his headless body still in the saddle. There is still a specter of a headless rider on a black horse spotted in the area, 
with some claiming that if a member of the McLean family sees the writer, that it is a bad omen, either predicting a death of a member of the family or arriving just in time to collect the dearly departed McLean soul. In India, the headless horseman is called the Jinjar, and he is benevolent, although his origin is disputed. One story tells that he was a prince, killed while protecting his city from bandits, while another story tells that he was a cavalryman who died protecting his prince. Either way, the Jinjar is a defender, doing no harm to those who are innocent and protecting those who are unable to protect themselves. But if having a headless ghost around, even a benevolent one, isn't your ideal situation, the Jinjar can be put at ease and encouraged to leave by the presence of powdered indigo dye. Germany provides a headless horseman for the lore, thanks to the Brothers Grimm. He's from a story called Hans Jägenteufel, and in this story, a woman is in the forest collecting acorns from a fallen tree. She hears a hunting horn blast and sees a man wearing a gray cloak walk past, but she continues gathering acorns. A few days later, she is back in the forest, again gathering acorns, when she sees the same man in the gray cloak, but this time she sees that he is headless, carrying his head under his arm. Apparently, the woman was taking acorns from the forest area without having permission to do so, and when pressed by the headless man, she confesses. He then tells her his story, that he was a thief in life and had been executed via beheading as punishment, and now he is left to wander, warning others to avoid a similar fate. Multiple northern and central European countries offer up the story of the Wild Hunt or the Wild Huntsman, a ghostly, headless rider who is usually perceived to be a bad omen or a direct threat. One version of this story tells that, in life, the man loved hunting so much that he asked God to allow him to continue to hunt once he died. So now he travels the forests of Europe hunting. Some hunters believe that hearing his horn is an indication that something dangerous will happen during the next day's hunt, a warning for them not to go. Others believe that the huntsman doles out justice on wicked people. The wild huntsman has been strongly associated with Odin in Scandinavian countries, but there is a broad range of who people claim him to be, from everyday man to gods. He has been called many biblical figures, including King Herod, the angel Gabriel, and even Satan himself, which shows clear connotations with both justice and wickedness. He has also been associated with historical figures like Theodoric the Great, regent of the Visigoths and patrician of the East Roman Empire, and Valdemar Adderdag, a king of Denmark during the Middle Ages. 
Differing from most other headless horseman legends, the wild huntsman can also be a wild huntswoman, as well as a fairy, elf, or valkyrie, and there can be more than one hunter present. If multiple hunters are in the group, there is often a clear leader, and the rest of the group may just be trapped souls. The hunter or hunters are often accompanied by ghosts of dogs or hellhounds. The Wild Hunt even makes an appearance in the book, game, and show series, The Witcher. They are initially believed to be ghostly hunters, but the group actually consists of elves. The last headless horseman to mention is based in Ireland and is known as the Dolahan. The Dolahan is a fairy, but it's important to clarify that in this sense, fairies are supernatural, mythical, or legendary creatures, not necessarily the tiny, flying, human-like creatures that we often consider to be fairies. The Dolahan is said to possibly be a soldier who lost his head in life and now wanders the land searching for his head. But the other possibility for this rider is more sinister. Some versions of the Dolahan indicate that he already has his head, carrying it around under his arm or in a rucksack, and that he serves a sinister purpose. The Dolahan could be compared to a grim reaper, functioning as a harvester of souls. The Dolahan wears a long black cloak and is often seen carrying a whip made from a human spine. He rides a black horse or drives a carriage drawn by six black horses. His steed is said to travel so quickly that fire comes from its nose and sparks flash from its hooves, sometimes even setting the landscape on fire as they travel. The Dolahan, in possession of his head, has superhuman senses with especially keen sight, and he uses his head as both a lantern to light his way and to see across long distances. He usually sets out with a victim in mind, and he is at his most active around festivals. He is only able to speak once during a trip, and only then to say the name of the soul he is to collect. If the Dolahan speaks your name, your fate is sealed, and he will collect your soul, no matter where you hide, thanks to his otherworldly vision. When the Dolahan rides, people hide and shield their eyes, lest they end up with an eye plucked from their head by his whip. Gates open and locks break in his presence, allowing him entrance anywhere, never keeping him from the soul he is to collect. The Dolahan has only one weakness, gold. He seems to have an irrational fear of the metal, riding back to whence he came whenever it is thrown in his path. The Dolahan is said to be the living embodiment of an ancient deity named Krom Dov, 
Krom Dov is believed to have been a fertility god, carrying connections to good yields of grains and milk. However, Krom Dov required sacrifices to stay in his good favor, human sacrifices. And so, human sacrifices were offered up to him in exchange for bounty and success. At the time, decapitation was the preferred method of executing a sacrificial human. King Tigermas was a follower of this mysterious god, legitimizing and normalizing human sacrifices, and this continued until Christianity came to Ireland, bringing with it the end of pagan worship. Cromdob, no longer receiving human sacrifices, became the headless horseman, a living embodiment of a god, hell-bent on receiving blood one way or another. So, what are we to take from all of these different myths? Well, for one, headless horsemen are a strong reminder that no matter where we go or hide, and no matter how much gold we have, death comes for us all, thundering in to take us from this mortal coil. But also, headless horsemen help us see that our stories and myths never really die, although sometimes they are recycled and repackaged into new myths, like in the case of Kromdov turned into the Dullahan. There are a number of cultural intricacies that play into our stories, with the Headless Horseman reminding us to be honest, to be respectful of elders, to be grateful for what we have, to protect the innocent, to listen to advice, to live wholesome lives, all depending on who you ask. Stories of Headless Horsemen have historically tended to spike in times of death and despair, such as during wars or outbreaks of disease. Maybe this is just because the horseman is a reminder of the imminence of death, or a cautionary tale of what you might become if you don't live your life right. Or maybe the horseman shows up in times of death so that when the horseman's horn blows and he speaks our name, we are not fearful. Rather, we are ready for our soul to be swept up and carried away into the next life. Make sure to keep listening through the month of October for some more spooky stories and myths. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast, and you can also find me at wisepodcast.buzzsprout.com.